All right, welcome back. Another episode of Everyday People Elite Conversations. Um, and this week we've got Maraid Corrigan. So, Maraid, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Blair? I'm very well. And then obviously we've got Scoose. I'm on the other. I'm on the other side of the the Zoom, but it's uh, nice to have you in, Maraid. Uh, nice long time. You. Since I saw you, what, two days ago? Yes. Not getting bored of seeing your face. Most people are. <laughs> so I guess to start with then, just to make it easy, like why don't you just give us like a brief, brief background? Who are you, what you do, where so, you're at? Hi, I'm Raid Corrigan, real name. I um, live in Edinburgh. I'm 25. I'm from Glasgow originally. Moved here for uni when I was 18, never went back. I'm a solicitor, criminal defence and family law solicitor. And uh, I do the fitness stuff as well. You do the fitness stuff. Yeah. I feel like that's not, that, and this is not related to the fitness stuff, but I feel like there's not a lot of people from Glasgow that move to Edinburgh and stay in Edinburgh. No, most people that move to Glasgow, move from Glasgow to Edinburgh, go back after uni. No one really stays. It's kind why, of frowned so upon. So why have you stayed? I don't know. I think... I preferred the sort of environment of living in Edinburgh. I think it's a really nice city to be a young person and you can do a lot. There's a lot of young people living here. I think the problem if we go back to Glasgow as a young person and having come from Glasgow, you just fall back into the life you had before mm. you went to uni. So that's just, I, I, I felt like I was quite settled here. I got a good job offer and I thought, well, I'll just stay and then see what happens. And yeah, I don't think I'll be going back. Sorry, man. <laughs> that's pretty much the same as me though. Like... I moved through and I just loved it so much as well and just didn't move back. Yeah. So it's just one of those things though, like when you moved to city um, and when you fall in love with like certain parts of it, it's very hard because obviously it's not like you're moving across halfway across the world. So it's, I mean, it's a 40, 40 minute drive at the end of the day. It's not, it's not a bit, I wouldn't call it a big move, but it is completely different. And it's, it's mad how you can go from Glasgow where people can talk to you in the street and then Edinburgh where you can, going to a chip shop and no one will like even acknowledge you yeah <laughs> saying that we went to see kevin bridges last night and it took us three and a half hours to drive from edinburgh to glasgow the traffic at that oh time. my god three so a lot of people hours. like commute like that was people kept saying that to me when i moved and i got the job they're like why don't you move home and commute and i mean if people do oh, i couldn't think of anything worse no like, way be sitting in that sort of traffic for... i think it was like particularly worse yesterday because there was a crash i don't think normally it would take that long but normally it obviously does take a while rush hour yeah and then when we came back it was more it's totally unrelated with anything but we went and we parked in the multi-story car park of the hydro mm -hmm. and we were we were a bit late because of all the fucking traffic right yeah and we were parked in the top floor, so we were last to get out of the car park and we were literally sat in the car for an hour and a half before we could even move like down See, a floor nah, if you're going to the hydro player you don't park there you park at the science center and you walk well, over the river clearly a thousand other people me. made the same mistake yeah, <laughs> right me. back to topic back to topic. <laughs> we're, we're, we're kind of going off on a tangent here um so blair normally lets me talk about this bit because i love this bit younger life okay um Maraid, hockey wise uh you're yeah. into your sport talk to me how did that kind of uh, pan out at a young age and when did it die off and when did you make that change into what you're doing now so I think as the case with most of us who do these sort of functional fitness crossfit things as we have always done sport I think most people have like I remember when I started doing some more comp people ask what's your background it's just very common that people have a background in some sort of competitive sport like for me I did everything when I was wee like I swum ran played hockey did everything hockey was probably the one I took most seriously but I was running quite a lot as an extension of that and just competed when and where I wanted to um yeah just I think my family are quite sporty it was always kind of encouraged quite competitive um and then following that came to uni played hockey for the uni didn't enjoy that as much um I missed like club hockey for me that was where I really really like the sort of community like I played at a really good club in Glasgow came here uni didn't really feel the same to me so I moved to a club not far from here at Grange in Edinburgh played there same sort of vibes just really really enjoyed it and then I, I think I don't know I think it was doing more like I think I just remember coming to KFIT for the first few times and being like oh, I really like this and it gave me a community that I would have had in hockey but like I seemed to enjoy it a bit more um and it 
I just I think when you move on from something you need a replacement if you're someone that's active and has always been active so for me that seemed like the natural replacement like I, I do miss it and I'd say probably still some of my best friends um have been made in the hockey most definitely mm -hmm. um and in sport in general I think most people if you're active you surround yourself with active people um but yeah started coming to cave start to quite enjoy it I never even like that first comp me and you did Blair in London like I'd been at Cape for like two weeks. It felt like <laughs> Blair was like, Do you want to come do this competition in London? I was like, What is this? And then it was kind of from there. I was like, oh, I didn't realize you could actually compete in this sort of stuff. Yeah. This is quite fun. And then from there, you just kind of you see something that you've never known before and you think, Oh, I could get quite good at this. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, just kind of was quite active, competitive, enjoyed team sports, enjoyed like community vibes. And then yeah, just transitioned to where I am now, probably. Yeah. Do you think it? Oh, on you go, Blair. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it's so true what you're saying. Like, a lot of people in the functional fitness space, especially, like, our sort of age, like, yeah. they have all come from something else. I think now it's changing. Now you get people who have, like, done CrossFit and whatever since they're, like, 12. Oh, definitely. But, yeah. like, from people in our generation, it's very much they played something else and they've moved, they, they maybe moved into functional fitness because they enjoyed it. But I always think, like, when you're growing up and you kind of said it there, like sport whether it was hockey whether it was running whatever it was you were doing it was like a constant no matter yeah. what you were doing and anything else you always had that whatever the activity was at that point in time yeah you know? yeah, yeah and I think as well like my dad always jokes about it my dad's really active as well he ran marathons he still cycles like miles and miles a week and he's you know really active and he kind of always joked about it when he was we were younger and be like if he goes two days without exercising he starts to get a bit antsy and a bit itchy and I have that like even <laughs> if I was away on holiday or away anywhere else like you just have to have something I don't know I think it's it's maybe a good or a bad thing you don't know but it's just when something that's just such an integral part of who you are you can't really leave it behind half the time. Do you think from like a hockey standpoint you hit like a ceiling and then as soon as you hit that ceiling of thinking well, I'm probably not going to take this any more seriously or hit another level, then that's probably thinking, right, well, I'm enjoying this functional fitness, I'm enjoying the cave fit. That's probably more the route I'm going to go down because um, yeah, effectively I'd, that's similar to me. You know? Yeah, I'd say so. Like I was lucky in that, like I've seen the club I played at growing up, Clydesdale, was a really good club that we had at least in the women's one team, you'd have at least seven or eight international Scotland hockey players playing like in the club so you know from the age of maybe 14 15 you might have been playing with them every week in games but you'd be training with them like two or three times a week and you get that exposure so you kind of saw where it could go um and then you know i think like i'm saying it's quite a small sport so you're exposed to the highest level quite early on um and yeah i, I always it's funny like we saw this joke like i always used to win the fitness tests and everything like that and maybe when i thought about that maybe i should try that actually seriously <laughs> Um, but like like I said, I still have like really good friends that are playing international just now and I knew I wasn't probably going to get to that stage. I wasn't going to go to Commonwealth Games, nothing like that. But like I was able to go to like I went to a club Euros at the age of like what, 16. I went to like I trained and like played with really cool people and I was kind of lucky that I saw that at an early age and was able to be like, right, I've done a bit of this um, kind of. And then when it was an easiest option to go somewhere else, I thought I'd try that. Nice. Well, that's that's good. Then I think off off the back of that, then one of the questions we were gonna ask you is around your competitiveness. Yeah. And your competitive mindset to things. So even then, there you said how you'd win all the fitness tests and yeah. stuff like that. But then actually, I've got maybe a. We'll come on to like maybe where that came from. But what kind of sparked in my or what I thought of just then was, I know you as the super competitive person in fitness, right? Because that's kind of since I've known you. Yeah, this, this yeah. Time. So like any workout whatever it is even literally last Saturday like <laughs> just like casual one you you're in it to win it where was that in hockey and then why wasn't that there when you're like oh I knew I wasn't going to make the Commonwealth Games I knew I wasn't going to make this like yeah it's almost like to me I would think that you'd be thinking no nah, I will do it but do you know what yeah I mean? I mean or is it maybe then you just kind of then your interest fell somewhere else maybe you know I mean? more yeah maybe more the latter I think I was always really competitive playing hockey like I think yeah. anyone I played with will tell you that um, you know, wanted to win, and I think it's a sign of competitive analysis which that you care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you actually get really competitive with something, I think, and then you actually care about it. And it's a hobby you're taking seriously. Um, but yeah, I just knew like I was never gonna be. I think it was 
more so just kind of like maybe latter ends of school into uni when a lot of the girls that you maybe were in the same level as are going and getting you know international caps here into that and you just think oh maybe not going to be going with them more just a kind of realistic standpoint than anything else and then obviously I went to uni and things your focus changes naturally mm-hmm. um but yeah I think oh like competitiveness is just if you've played in a team sport and you've wanted to win then it just kind of continues from then i think it's a it's a glasgow thing isn't it that's also true yeah we jesus hate losing (laughs) i didn't know that i am the worst loser ever i've got better but i'll just i'll I'll have a face on that just shows that i don't care but deep down i I probably care the most (laughs) so you'd say you've always had that competitive side to you yeah i think so I, i think it's like anything that we would do like my cousins are the same like we're all kind of in the family fairly competitive like we used to joke like we'd have like fun games and christmas time stuff like that and we'd all fall out and you know it's it's strange i don't know where it comes from i suppose like i said it feels like you care and you when you invest in something you really invest in it because i think that's maybe where competitive comes from that you're someone that when you're thinking about this like, i'm gonna do it i might as well try and win yeah um but yeah i think having a big family as well like i've got four siblings and i'm in the middle so you're gonna have to fight to be seen. Um like yeah. even my older sister and older brother, like when they do things, and they're well, my sister's three years older, my brother's five years older, they would do things and I'm like, right, I want to do that. Or I would try to do it before them. Now I didn't think of the age, you know, with a child, that's quite a big age gap. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. in my head, it was like I remember learning to swim before my older sister. She's gonna get annoyed with me saying this, but <laughs> learning on the same holiday, I learned to swim like two days before her. And I remember being so smug about it, and my dad told me off. Because he was like, That's so nice. See, bad. um, see when you do lose. Yeah. How how do you react? Is well, it? I don't mind. I think losing. If you've tried your hardest, like I don't mind losing as such. Like even like it's summer there at Turf. Like I remember that team that beat us who were first. I was like, I really love to have beat them, but they are so good. Like we yeah, wouldn't have beat them. Yeah. Like we had a really good competition and that this that and the other. But I was like, but we weren't gonna beat them. Like, I think that's, I only get annoyed at losing if I feel like I'm actually better than the person that, whereas I think it's a good thing to accept in the competitive nature when someone beats you, well, they're better than me. So, right, okay, mm-hmm. that helps in a way because you're like, well, next time they won't beat me or like, what did they beat me at or blah, blah, blah. And then it allows you to kind of work on weaknesses and figure out what it is well, you'll need to beat them the next time. Yeah, for sure. It's almost like, self-competitiveness in that way because yeah. it's like you can you can accept obviously when someone and you know this goes for everything is better for anyone rather better than you at something but then it's like well but if you, if they beat you but you didn't feel like you did what you know you could do yeah then rightly you'd be annoyed about it yeah but then like if you're like if you left everything out there it's like well i can't be annoyed at myself because no. i did everything that i could like if there's a running and i don't know some sort of running rowing workout someone beat me at that I'd be annoyed. <laughs> but if Shelly McCoy's left beating me in a barbell, I'm like, you know what, You're like, fine. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> nice, Shelly. <laughs> oh, nice. So then I suppose maybe we've kind of covered this already, but then just to make make it clear, it was kind of like after you finished uni that then maybe hockey stopped and you focused more on the gym. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I did my four years of my undergrad and then in law you have to do a fifth year as um, a postgrad and I was doing that in... And I think it was kind of then I went and I was speaking to a few of my friends I played hockey with and I just felt like I was, it was taking too much from me, if that makes sense. Like I was getting so annoyed if I wasn't playing well, our team wasn't playing well and, and it was almost taking the enjoyment out of it. Mm. And then I was enjoying like training a lot more, doing more things like that, challenging myself, learning new movements, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I thought, well, why don't I try this? And it was strange to begin with because I think everyone will relate to it. If you played a sport growing up, when you played that sport since you were 10 or 11 and then like, you know, four or five times a week at least. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're not, it, it's odd. Um, but, you know, it's always there to go back to. And I think yeah. that's the nice thing about like team sports is it's always like, you know, summer leagues and whatnot and you can go and play. And then, um, yeah, you know, the friends you had are always going to be there. So I think it's quite nice. But yeah, I think it was just going into my um, postgrad diploma year that I was doing more of that and started to kind of enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think as well, like, it's funny 
um when it with like fitness stuff it's more you're you're more in control of everything because like you say there like when it's a team sport like, yeah it's down to the team and like you you know you only have an airplane on but you'll mm-hmm. imagine you don't have the ball for that much no. in one game right no. and then like there's only so much you can do yeah whereas like now it's kind of okay yeah even though we do, we do compete a lot as teams you do a lot of individuals as well but it's still <laughs> down to you and like in your control in that sense so yeah were you Marcus anything to add there? Well, no, I just think that transition from a team sport to individuals like huge. Um, because even small things like your social element, um, if you are feeling like you do need to rely on someone j- during a game, then they can step up. But like in what we do now, like if you feel like you're not up to the mark that day, then like it's on you. It's, it's like you can't look around for help yeah. it, it is on you so for example we were speaking just before the podcast and you were saying that you've had a like one of those weeks mm-hmm. and it, like you can't look around you can't yeah. blame anyone else it's it's all on you you know yeah. um and i think that's a good thing about it because then yeah. you look back and you're like look at the gaps that you know what i could have done differently um for next time because at the end of the day you're the one making the mistakes or you're the one impacting the end result instead of someone else yeah and i think that can be part of an issue with doing what is a more individualized sport Mm. is that you become i do certainly become quite hard on myself when stuff goes wrong um or when i am like i have this week having a bad training week where stuff's just not going right and you're just getting frustrated it's got the ability to spiral much much quicker because you don't have other people there you don't have you know i'll just take time out and do this or you know you either and you obsess over it we all do um and it's it's good i suppose for us we all have kind of a social circle of people who get it mm-hmm. but like if i go into work and explain that like oh, i'm having a really bad week because my part muscles aren't going well like i feel <laughs> like what like do you know what i mean like people will be like well, what's a bar muscle like? <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like ah uh-huh. so it, it's 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 good in a sense because like you said it gives you a lot of time to just kind of like focus on yourself and improve yourself and you know each part is like you're saying on you and I think that could be quite cool because it gives you a lot of kind of self-belief to like okay I can do this I know I can do this but then in the same breath it gives you those issues where you constantly look inwards and you constantly blame yourself Mm -hmm. like even Barney Irvin's been saying to me this week like he's been practicing something and helping with and then I was having a really bad time having a go at myself and he was like see if you were like an eighth of the kind of niceness you are to me to yourself like we wouldn't have these issues but I was like (laughs) you're probably right but it it takes someone to say it and I think it takes like like you say having a a coach or someone to say that to actually realize it yeah I think at the same time as well as having the high standards of yourself yeah you know you know that you set that standard of being able to compete or being able to do a certain level and when you don't hit that level yet you can be too hard on yourself and as you said it takes someone else maybe to think right okay an outside voice for you to realize like the bigger picture it's only a bad week it's not a bad month it's not a bad year yeah exactly no for sure well then like that maybe segues into like the whole we're gonna wanted to ask you about like balancing your career and what you do Mm -hmm. with all the fitness stuff because you're the first person we've had i think on who's not kind of in already in fitness related yeah. in terms of like what they yeah what they like to do and then what they do for work so like and i think there's probably a lot of people could learn from like how you do how you do like have them together mm-hmm. rather alongside so yeah i mean for me i think it's always been like i've spoke quite a lot of people about this and think about it i've always like i said been quite competitive and everything <laughs> so like i've always done i always did well in school like I wanted to do well and I was playing like all the way through all my exams, just playing hockey five, six times a week, you know, training, doing all that whilst balancing my studies. So I, mm. I knew that I could do that. And then yeah. I think and then my dad's like, he's kind of always said to us like growing up, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. And he says like they have the ability to manage their time and do it. Um, So I think for me, like you've got, there was in the day um and it's your choice how you choose to use them and I, I think for some people like they aren't as lucky they don't have maybe you know the ability to get up they might have other things on they might have kids they might have you know someone to look after I'm lucky that I have you know 
I work, work obviously you know I work nine till five six whatever depending on what's going on mm. um but I I'm able to fit my training in around that it can be difficult and I think I've started to find it difficult maybe in the last six months or so when I've started to take fitness a bit more seriously and started to like do more CrossFit comps and stuff because um you know most of the people at the, the level I want to compete at don't have full-time jobs they don't like they're yeah, yeah, they've yeah. got advertisement sponsorships yeah. blah 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 or they own a gym so they can train in and around yeah, it or yeah, the yeah. PT so they can train in and around that whereas if I don't get my session done in the morning I've got the option to come in the evening but by that point with a full day at work often things can run on you have to stay in um so I think it's just making it a non-negotiable for me and I enjoy training so I don't feel like yeah, yeah, I need yeah. to get out of bed to do this. I'm lucky. Like I am lucky in that sense. I really enjoy it. And I get excited a lot if I got tomorrow. I mean, I don't like 5 a.m. alarms. I don't think anyone does. But it's just part of like if you make it part of your routine, it gets easier to just not think about it, you just get out of bed and go and do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, like I said, it's it's often quite nice to go in, like I'm saying, if I've had a bad day training to go into work and, and no one could care less <laughs> like you don't even know what i do like the boys joke because i work with they're like oh but like why would someone watch you compete it's just like watching someone go to the gym like they think it's yeah, generally like watching yeah, someone yeah. and i like this um <laughs> but it's almost quite like all right okay i can like chill out like it's yeah, not yeah, that deep yeah, yeah. um and then i think for the same for even coming to the gym and speaking with you know everyone else that's there we don't if i'm oh i had a bail application for so-and-so today and then i had oh, you were this thing, then I had someone on the phone to me complaining my child wasn't dropped off for contact, this, that, taking off them. It's it's all very confusing and different, and it's almost quite nice that I can just leave the two lives in their own places, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, and it, it can be quite useful for a headspace to just split my brain in half at times, <laughs> I suppose. I think, uh, like, you've said it a couple of times, the difference between your job and obviously what you do uh, in the gym, like obviously, yes, it's different. However, if you actually draw a line in the sand, it probably helps you switch like on and off. Mm -hmm. So when you leave the gym, you know, like, as you said, when you go to work, no one cares about what you do in the gym. So yeah. it's not like you're completely like golfed in this kind of um, fitness, you call it atmosphere all the time so it probably helps you go right that's me done with that switch that off into my job um again it's like maybe that helps with the whole balancing aspects because again you don't want it to like take over your whole life do you let's be honest no i think balancing it is important and it also kind of you kind of get a bit of a sense of reality sometimes in my job where i'm saying someone's you know you're applying for bail for someone and if mm. you don't see that that then they're going to jail for like at least a you know few months or you know their, their child's been taken off them if you don't successfully oppose this that and the other then their child's been taken off them i think the kind of severity of the situation can sometimes be lost because it's just a day-to-day -day occurrence for us mm -hmm. in our line of work <clears throat> but like it, the, the the stuff i've done in the morning or the stuff that takes up the other part of my life isn't remotely in my head because i need to be focused on that at that moment in time or else like you know if I'm not giving it um my full attention then it's not really fair and the person I'm I'm helping out um but yes yeah, like stress I suppose like the stress from both can interfere with the other it's only natural I'm someone that does like I said get quite invested in stuff so when I invest in something you naturally worry about it because you want to get better at it you worry about you're not doing it correctly so you know there's pros and cons there's obviously benefit of having that separation but then you know the difficulty is stress from one can sometimes impact you on the other if if i am stressed in work i feel it can sometimes affect my training mm. majority of the time i don't feel like it does but um you know it's only natural like murray always says to me that all stress is stress on your body you know don't overdo it if you don't feel like you can do it like even if i'm not you know the same stress running 20 kilometers is not going to be mm. identical to the stress I get from a really stressful week in work, but it's all stress <laughs> on your body that they have to, body has to deal with and cope with, and your body's only got a certain amount of, you know, sort of power to do so. Stressors. I always use, use the same analogy with clients that I say, everyone, every, every, all stress goes into the same stress bucket. 
inside your metaphorical stress bucket yeah so like training stress work stress family stress what and anything everything goes in there and if you don't have a tap at the bottom that's letting it out at the same rate yeah and you just keep adding keep adding keep adding then you either need to get a bigger bucket which is like building more resilience to that stress or you need to find ways to like let it out yeah could be absolutely like like people that's why it's kind of it's kind of annoying when clients are like, oh, yeah, I just, I train to reduce stress. Like, nah, you don't. don't <laughs> like, no, no. You need to find other ways. Yeah. But no, I like, think 100% agree with what you're saying there. Super interesting. Think, and then that's like, like, we'll go on, excuse. I think like going back a little bit um to the start of training, because you mentioned uh, his name briefly there, um, Murray. Like he has played, I would say, from an outsider's point of view, a huge part in your success and how you enjoy your training and where you train so how does I mean I'll let you answer this question but like how does he play a role in what you do now yeah I mean he's we've obviously he's been coaching me like one-to-one for almost two years now and I think when I first came to him I was just really enjoyed fitness but like I would want 40 minute long conditioning pieces that I could just end myself I wasn't strong. I was, he called me skinny runner girl, which is probably true. <laughs> like, he's like, I remember skinny. That was still for the vibe. Yeah, I remember skinny runny girl. And I was like, yeah, I remember her. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, he's really, really good for me because he knows me so well. Like, he's one of my really good friends. So he knows how to deal with me and, you know, knows that I want to do almost too much sometimes. And he used to tell me, well, no, you need to strip this back. You need to strip that back he's patient with me and as a result I've been patient with him and I've been patient with the process um which I think has been really really good and I think we've both developed him him he's developed as a coach and I don't know if he's shouting for saying this but I feel like in the two years he's been coaching me the way he coaches me has changed and progressed almost at the speed that I have changed and progressed like the things that I've learned to do since he started and things that um he's giving me since I've started have changed massively um and we've kind of like moved on throughout it and you know, I think Iona, who's um, obviously one of our friends as well, who does all this stuff, she said, I think Murray's really good for you because he's willing to listen, but willing to learn and like willing to take into account what you're saying, but then also knowing, no, but you actually also need this, you need yeah. that. You know, really worked on my strength with me, improving my gymnastic capacity, everything like that. So, and I think, you know, people in the CrossFit world, you can go to anyone. There's so many coaches out there. And there's so many generic coaches that can give you, you know, the same programs, the same things like that. He's really good for me because he's one-to-one and he knows what I'm going to get, what I'm going to give to each session. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, yeah, and like the fact that I will give everything I can to each session, but he'll dial in when he knows that maybe I'm giving too much and I need a bit of time to step back. Um, but no, it's a really good working relationship we have. And I think... Um, yeah like it's bizarre how far we've gone from even just at the start to like where we are now and I think you know a lot's changed but then not much has changed like I'm still training in Cave he's still coaching me (coughs) and we're still all kind of pals so it is really nice to see like the progression but then also see like that if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah yeah yeah. no for sure I think um someone that came to my head there I've forgotten it well I think uh from like friendship and coach standpoint it's quite nice to go right he's my friend then and then I need to switch on to that coach kind of mentality because I think that's the danger with most you see it in like everything every walk of life that teacher that whatever becomes that friend and then you lose actually the sense of well they've still got a job to do yeah um, I think there's, there is that danger, but it sounds like you've nailed it on the head with like having that switch. And it's the same switch you use when as soon as you leave that gym, straight into your job. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's no, um, it's not a surprise like that you're able to do that and like flick that switch going from coach to like friendship. But at the same time, it's knowing like we've still got to progress. We, like we have to get better. We can't just, you know, sit still because me and Blair always speak about it. Um, both of us like are very strongly opinionated and like not uh, progressing like st- that stale kind of feeling of not feeling like you're going anywhere. <coughs> um, so yeah, I think that's quite important with like a coach relationship, and you've hit it hit the nail on the head really. Yeah, I think like it's interesting because I always think taking this as to what if you could try and apply it to like 
you know, for for like lot for lots of people to take value from as well. Like it's almost because I'm trying to word this. You you kind of went straight straight in with Murray for coaching. Like when you decided you were going more into the, the fitness space, right? Yes. So then, and that because you knew him, you're already friends with him. It was kind of like you know an, an easy yeah, it's natural. That, so it's natural. Whereas like I think for a lot of other people as well, like there's sometimes like an evolution to things. Like you can kind of start off by following something to like get a bit of structure to things. And then you, as you get more into it and as you get better, you kind of re- see the value in having a coach or someone in your corner that does know you and that like over time gets to know you more because yeah. then you get the benefits of what you've just said in terms of like, they'll know, right, you know, she'll be able to give this amount of effort to this. And then also they'll be able to know she's not going to want to do this, but I'm going to have to tell her to stop or, or whatever it is. <laughs> you okay? Yes. <laughs> Are you, are you sure you're okay, Maraid? Like, okay. Do you need a, you need a water break? <laughs> well, that kind of follows nicely onto the next kind of point that I wanted to cover, saying like, so you have your job um, and then you have your coach in that um, and then you have your uh, fitness. How do you balance and create time for that? Because uh, me and Blair had a previous podcast um, all about coming up this time of year where you know we've not got much on christmas is coming up how do you how do you balance that time um with your job and know how to like prioritize training for example and know when to just kind of ease off um i think murray does a lot of that for me in terms of knowing when to peak and when to like kind of just chill a bit like having an off season i haven't had much of an off season this year because i've had a lot of cops in the summer and like a lot of big ones i had to do a lot for in terms of that um but for me like with him he's good at just saying well like this is where we're working towards let's do this block you know for me every block I work on strength just because it's it's still a weakness of mine but it'll vary so I'll have like an overhead block I'll work on that squatting block whatever um but you know different times of the year obviously have different demands especially in what we do like you know you have (coughs) the summer with most of the comps and then you have you know a few you have a, a couple maybe in January things like that but mm. most of it's structured around that and you know you get a bit of time like we had the one that I've never done it before but it was really interesting last year I had from about kind of October time to maybe like December January um Murray Singh was like well let's try like gain a bit of weight and mm. as a female being told that is is quite scary I think alarming um, yeah it is not not in a bad way <laughs> yeah. there's nothing wrong with it but i think yeah if, if coming from a background where you run so you're you're wee like you just are yeah. naturally quite small um it was quite like oh right okay but he did it in a really gradual way where he's told like just eat a bit more of this eat a bit more of that we'll do a wee bit less cardio a little bit more lifting and it worked like i got i put like what 25 30 kilos on my clean in a year um, <laughs> I, I was about to. I was about to oh, say. No, no. Oh, on my clean, I think I put total. Actually, to be to be honest, like I put on that weight on my lifts, and then I think I put three kilos on in total. For some of my size, it's it's probably a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing. And it's still I could still do everything else. It wasn't like it was mm-hmm. limiting me in anything else, which is my worry. Um, that's that, really important thing is that you're yeah. still able to do everything else that you're already good at yeah and just getting better and then just better at other stuff so i think you know that was a good focus for us to do this time kind of last year because we had a bit of time to do so mm. but um you know i think that's probably more a competitive thing whereas for some people it's just about ticking along and i get that mm. like some people aren't as um you know i, I can't be very lucky to enjoy it so much and to want to do that and to want to get better and to trust in money to get me there and mm. um, so like having that as a focus and it wasn't even a focus really it was just more of a we're going to get stronger that's all I thought about and I yeah, just did yeah. the other stuff what I was told basically well that's that's quite interesting because let's talk about the some people that you're on about what advice would you give to others looking to create like time regarding their training and like how to prioritize their training maybe yeah. some routines that, that that would help them because whether you like it or not, some people probably do look up to you. Like, and no, genuinely, like it's some people ox. do look up to you and probably. That's a bit ox. Um, <laughs> and probably be like, how how does she balance? You know that 
nine to five and then have so much time because it does look like you have a lot of time to train, but at the end of the day, I don't think you do. You probably have the same time as the person questioning you. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think it is just more don't like run before you can walk. Try and like, like I'm saying, I'm lucky that I've always done this. Mm-hmm. Like since it's I not, was it's like not new ten. To you no, to balance it in, yeah. no, like I, all the way through school, all the way through uni, I balanced both. So like, I'm lucky in that sense that I just kind of always done so. So it's not difficult for me to think about how I'm gonna do it. I just do it because mm-hmm. it's kind of natural. It's kind of a habit. But I think that's maybe a lesson that make it a habit, and that can be difficult when you're an adult, like making new hobbies and making habits is difficult when you're old it's easy when you're younger because you just kind of you don't think about stuff you just fire into yeah, yeah, yeah um but doing it when you're older is hard and you know i think you don't want to make i always find especially in work and especially with like people i work with people i meet in core sisters and things i don't like to make a big deal out of like you know my other life yeah, as yeah. we call it because <clears throat> i don't want to seem like oh look how much i'm doing look how much better i am you know those people that you see yeah, and they post yeah, yeah, it on Instagram yeah, yeah. just to say they've been to the gym, just to say they've done this and you don't be that person because like you don't know what that person has going on in their life that's preventing them from doing so. Mm. But also I choose to do it. So why would I like give make it other people's issue to congratulate me for doing it? I'm gonna do it no matter whether what someone congratulates me. Um but so just do it for yourself, I think, is the main thing. Do it because you want to do it. If you want to get better at something then do so. And if you want to give a bit of time to something then do so but back to the end when and where you can you know I like training in the morning um so that involves me going to bed a bit earlier getting up early you know and that's just kind of my routine now so like I think a routine I like routines and routines are quite healthy um, and it's meant that I can keep kind of progressing at something whilst also managing the other parts of my life no I think that's super valid points I feel like for a lot of people it's like we said this in the last episode, Marcus, about like training in the mornings. How we said actually, well, that's the thing I was about to say. But hopefully, <laughs> like, uh, you picked training, up on it. Yeah, like we said before, um, if you if people if if all if the only time you get training is in the evening, then cool, you have to go and do your thing in the evening. Yeah. But then, like most people, the the only real barrier to them training in the morning is probably themselves and getting out of bed <laughs> yeah. because like no one's going to be distracting them at six no. a.m. or whatever the no. time is, right? So it's like if they can fit it in, then that's generally what i but then like you say it could be different for everyone if someone's like you know they've got kids or they're single, especially a single parent they can't just leave the kids yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's different for everyone but i think what it sounds like for me you can tell me if i'm wrong for you it's almost like it's just comfortable well, two things i guess one you've always done it so it didn't really feel like it was a, a yeah a thing that needed to be done it was just like i'll just continue doing it but i'm just it's now a little longer hockey it's just the fitness yeah and then the second one was it's because you enjoy it and like you like doing it you want to get better at it so it's almost for for anyone else who was like trying to trying to get into something because they know it's good for them it's like well do something that you actually enjoy to do because if someone's getting up to go to like some spin class that they fucking hate doing and they're gassed and yeah. horrible like they're not going to stick to yeah. it whereas if they can actually get up and want and at least have part of them that wants to go they're more likely to go and yeah with it. yeah and all movement is good movement like i think that's the thing we're all quite snobby about Especially in what we do, I've got to see this yeah. class and that class. And I'm like, well, if they're if it's better than them lying on the couch, then yeah, exactly. absolutely bash on. Like, exactly. it would be my choice, but who cares? Well, like, like, go for go for a bloody walk or like yeah, F45. Yeah. Like, there's nothing yeah. against these things. It's just people's choices, and yeah. if they want to make if they want to make that choice, that's fine. It's better than nothing, isn't it? There's I level. Know. There's levels to the game. Yeah, like it doesn't matter which level you are. Like, just go for your thing. Oh, and I, totally. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that. It can be kind of, you know, it's probably changed, I'd say, in the past, maybe. Um, but it's just turned on blue lights. <laughs> it's quite cool. Maybe the past five or ten years or so where, like, exercise is cool and it's trendy and it's cool to be fit. But it was kind of like, you know what it's like? If you're raised in an environment where it's not, like, I think I was lucky in the school I went mm. to where the cool kids played sport or yeah, the yeah. but some people it's not like that you know sports aren't cool sports aren't trendy and um it, people make you know people want to do what's in and what's trendy and what's cool like everyone wants to be an influencer right now because it's in and trendy and cool but that'll probably be cringe in 10 years time um, <laughs> 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 well it already is cringe no offense Jason 
Um, so yeah, I, I think it's yeah, it's, it's like you're saying, Blair. It's, it's levels to it. Just find where you fit in on it and mm. do it because once you start enjoying it and once you start doing it, it could be fun. But and I, I think as well, it can be scary to pick things up later on in life and to try and do things like when you're a kid learning to ride a bike it's cute but if you're 45 and learning to ride it's not cute yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah so yeah I think learning skills and having hobbies I feel like and I've spoke to quite a lot of people about this recently like hobbies have kind of went out of fashion like everyone wants everything to be a side hustle or be a money-making enterprise or you know something that is going to further their career or something that's going to do that. We played hobbies as kids just because we wanted to mm. and you enjoyed them. And I think and I have a lot of friends from school there, like going back to play like netball or tennis or like just for the fun of it. Mm. And they're like, oh, I enjoy it so much. I'm like, you always did. Like, and not everything has to be a money making scheme and not everything has to be a way of furthering your career or furthering this or, you know, a side hustle or making connections just do something because you enjoy it and like if you're bad at it fine but if you enjoy it then keep doing it um so i think that's one thing that like i, I would really say to people if there's something you did when you were a wee um that you enjoyed enjoyed do it again yeah like yeah. when when did it stop becoming cool to, yeah like, keep doing it uh -huh. just for the sake of doing just it. to have hobbies like yeah, yeah. have hobbies for the sake of hobbies yeah so yeah no that's class so then for one thing I did want to ask you about was about your Europe, European Championships. Yeah. Because that's like, for people that don't know, like, that's pretty big. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> that's pretty big. Pretty big. Like, well, I mean, literally, it's European Championships, what was in the name, right? It must yeah. be the biggest one in the in Europe. Huge, yeah. Um, was... And there's all, obviously, the different veggies, like, individuals and that whatnot, and then you were in the team one. Yeah. So what was that like? And, like, what kind of, would you say, coming away from that, there's things that you have, have learned and you'll take into well, give give people a little insight into what it is and stuff. So if people okay. don't know, what it is listening. So European Championships that I competed in last month, European Championships CrossFit. Um, so it's it's a competition you have to qualify for. There's like online qualifiers. Basically, Champions League. Champions League CrossFit. <laughs> the creme de la creme. said it, not me. <laughs> um, so I was maybe lucky, maybe not, in the sense that I didn't even do the qualifiers poor Lisa did them for me and then fucked her knee and um, so I got called in to compete with skirmish team skirmish is a gym in Edinburgh in CrossFit gym so they I know the guys in the team so they asked me to come and be their um, fourth team member to replace poor Lisa so um, you're second best so I'm second best because <laughs> I know uh, and yeah it was a three day long comp in Nottingham the Lots first comp you've done yeah yeah first day was like off site so like they have sometimes at the games where they have like a swim run kayak sort of thing and so we won that event because we're all fucking triathletes <laughs> and then yeah days two and three were in like a ten thousand seater stadium um in nottingham that they use for ice hockey so that was cool that was like cool really big big event and you like all the a lot of the big names you'd see you know like amy kringle's warming up next to you and um will kane's there like coaching his zach george is coaching his um team chase pal and, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah you just are like wow and like yeah emma mcquade that was the other one the team that black box team from belfast she coaches them so she's in the warm-up area, like, chatting about something that happened to her at the CrossFit Games. It was all just, like, wow, this is yeah, so yeah. cool. Um, so it was, it was it was really interesting, and it was really fun comp. Like, the team, the guys I competed with were just really nice. Like, we got an like, Airbnb. Charles came down with his camera. Um, picks by Charles. Picks by Charles <laughs> um, We got an Airbnb, spent the three days just kind of competing, chilling. You know, we did badly though I thought we were going to do badly and <laughs> uh, you see I think across the board the one thing I learned was like you see some of the people like well I'm actually not that far behind them mm. these people that you think are unbelievable you think well no I'd only beat me by x or by this and mm. you know I think the guys in the team with me they are all very similar to me in that they have good engines um, you know, really fit, maybe could do with improving on the strength a wee bit. I think we'd all admit that. <laughs> um, 
they're all pretty good at gymnastics. I said I was that made me realize God, I need to get better at gymnastics being with them. But you know, it was an amazing experience. And there was definitely things in the comp and I think everyone that committed there would tell you this that could have been done better. Like I think it could have been run better. But it's a, CrossFit's still a new sport and I think people were quick to highlight that in a new sport. CrossFit's not even what, twenty years old now. In a new sport, you're always gonna get teething issues and this first thing they do is this venue. Timings weren't quite correct. Heat times were not given all over the place. Um, but like on the Sunday, I think we, we qualified nineteenth, finished in ninth. Um, so we're really pleased with that. What won a workout, finished like third in the final. Um, yeah, the ones that kind of the big tests, people we did quite well, and and you you know like I said, you were rubbing shoulders with some of the best about, and mm. yeah, it was cool, and it was. A good sort of thing to say, well, I can do this. I can do these high skill, high volume workouts, and I can I can survive through them. And I think, well, I don't want to just survive through these next time. I want to think, well, where can I push this? Where can I do better in this? Um, yeah. So yeah, really, really good experience, and I was really grateful to be able to go. Um, and like I said, it, it it's cool to do something you're scared of because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not going to get better otherwise. Yeah. It's almost like I think as well, like you kind of dip your toe into like that, yeah. that, that, like we said, there's levels to the game, and like those levels are the ones that are above our levels. So it's like you kind of dip your toe into the next yeah. level, and then you you maybe realize that like you say like, oh, like I can I can get in here. Like I, there's yeah. there's not I'm not as far away as it. I remember the first not the first time I went to turf, but not the last time I was somewhere before. Yeah, but we went down, and again you would be like up against people who you you kind of see them on Instagram and stuff. You think, oh yeah, they'll be pretty good, and then you're like, yeah, Fuck, we're we're beating these people. Yeah, like, we're we're yeah. all right here. Absolutely, and then absolutely. Each time you go up, you up the peg, you kind of like see that have that same feeling. Yeah, so, yeah, interesting. It was it was it was a really good experience, really good weekend, and just nice to kind of think about what can I do next like and what would come from that and kind of reflect on it and even though I was speaking to Kieran this morning like there was chat of me doing I might be doing another cult with skirmish for thing and I was like oh Kieran is will I be okay doing it and he was like no you've done euro so you'll be fine so I think for me I'm still I still doubt myself quite a bit um but I, I suppose I've done that and I should remember that well I can kind of probably do most things now there would be a few things that stump me but that, like I said you're not going to get better if you keep doing stuff that you're I think you're going to be good at and you think you're going to be winning you need to kind of like you're saying keep going up the levels yeah 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 Yeah. if that's what you want to do like you have to keep pushing yourself in that way that segues in then to like one of the last things is what's next what's next what's next what's like the even even if we look at it from the two life aspects then what's next for like what you're doing with with work and stuff where do you see that going and then with fitness life and next future competitions and stuff like that um with work well i just recently fully qualified it's, it's quite a long process if I'm a fully qualified solicitor it's, it's four, five years at uni two years as a trainee and then it's me now qualified um it's 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 a long drawn out process I mean being a trainee in the firm that I'm in and being a fully qualified solicitor doesn't differ too much we're quite a small mm. firm and then most criminal and family law firms it's the same um it, it's good and it's it's a really good place to work. I really, really like all my colleagues. Um, it's you're fast paced. You're kind of put on the spot quite a lot. I like that. You're challenged on a daily basis. You know, it's not just a client shouting at you or in court. It's a sheriff telling you off. It's being told to do this better, being told to do that better, kind of having to stand up for yourself a bit. Um, so I don't know. I think I'd stay. I'd like to stay. I'm going to stay for another year, definitely. And then who knows what's after that. I think. I would love at some point to be able to combine both aspects of my life in some way. Like as much as it'd be great to full-time fitness, I I really do like law and I've Mm -hmm. studied long enough to get to where I am. And I think reflecting on it when I do, I I, I enjoy my job. I enjoy the kind of hustle and bustle of it. You know, like any workplace, there's banter, there's things to gossip about, everything like that. But, you know, the money's not great and criminal and family law it's it's mostly legal aided so it's government funded and the government of so our fees in most criminal law cases haven't been increased since 1999 at all not in line with inflation not at all um so it's really difficult to for firms to constantly take people on you need to just juggle like you have volume over 
like you know intricacy of cases so you just take on as much as you can and you mm. just juggle the plates like we say um so you know it it's difficult working in scotland when you know more money for defense lawyers and a great slogan yeah everyone hates us till they need us is what we always say everyone hates us until they're the one wrongly accused of something or wrongly accused of something else and you know it's a lie so this that and the other oh thanks so much you got the truth out for me yeah but that's what we do but i think you know we we help a lot of people majority of people that you come across in courts aren't people who um you know you'd be hanging out with on a daily basis Mm -hmm. but the life story they have is harrowing the reason they're there is often they're just you know really bad mental health problems or you know being abused as a child and then they've ended up abusing other people because that's all they've known so you know i'd love i I really enjoy working in that line of work i really enjoy people and chatting to people on a daily basis so i'd probably stay in something that's really people-centered um and yeah stay in that and then in terms of crossfit fitness what's next um you know i want to keep rxing as many comps as i can so like doing the elite level um well you just did qualifiers did you yeah just did qualifiers today after my week of meltdowns (laughs) wasn't the best but we move um yeah just like i think we've got a really good group of us all of us that train together um good group kind of just you know like good cut of vibes as well and can lean on each other and you know there's loads of other people i've been lucky enough to meet in the same way i met in hockey loads of people i've met in fitness obviously there's the core group of us but then people around the country you know you meet people at various comps and then you kind of catch up with them at the next comp and you chat with them in scram over the year um until you see them and it, it can be really nice and you can end up like i've done a, a few more comps with different people like i did that one with shelly last week and like you know, just doing it with people like said, that are better than you as well makes you better. And training with people going, oh, let's train here, let's do a training day, doing stuff like that makes you better naturally. So I think, yeah, probably I've got a couple more comps this year. I'll do, you know, love turf games. I'll turf games till I die. I'll do winter <laughs> turf. Probably do a few more at some point in the next six months or so. Um, and then, yeah, just like keep kind of doing it as much as I can and Keep trying to get better because I think the thing is with CrossFit there's so much intricacy to it that you can always get better you can always improve on little details so that's pretty much what I want to do nice any closing remarks Goose? not much I think uh, Marie's pretty much covered everything and genuinely it's like it's really good to kind of get your insight and it's the first person as Blair said that has gone from like having that 9 to 5 job but balancing out the other aspect of what we are interested in. So, yeah, it's really interesting. But anything else from you, Blair, before we close it off? Yeah, I think that's all good. So thanks for coming on, Mairead. Thanks for having me, Jeez. Thank you, Mairead.